Episode 177 of the Bevan James Soul Show, How to Be More Disciplined. Radio team, welcome along to episode 177 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime level of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Pretty excited about today's show actually, it's been a little bit of a self-project or it's Bevan show first of all and when the Bevan shows happen, it's basically where I dig into a topic that I've been either thinking about or practising about. Uh, and today is one of those shows where we're going to be digging deep into an area which I lightly touched on at the end of the last podcast, and it's around discipline, and I've been doing some stuff around discipline uh, that I've learnt some really important things about. So I'm going to dig into that really soon, but before we do, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something I've been, that's been on my mind recently. Uh, recently, or just a couple of days ago in my time, it's probably a few days in the future in your time, but... I went and saw Elton John perform in Dunedin. Now, it's a pretty global audience who listen to the show, but Dunedin's a town, oh, probably a couple hundred thousand people live in Dunedin. Um, about five hours drive from Christchurch, my wife and I and a few friends went down and we hung out in Dunedin for a few days and we got to see Elton John perform. And Elton John is one of those musicians in my life who wouldn't say I'm a huge fan I would, would say I'm a fan, so I've, I don't think I've ever bought an Elton, Elton John record, but he's one of those guys who has massive repertoire of songs, and just one of the legends, and, and in my mind I was like, well, it's going to be my last chance to see a legend in his time, and so I thought to myself, I, I, you know, let's go do it, so Joe and I and our friends bought some tickets and we headed down and watched them, and it's interesting when you think about Elton John's career, because... There's many interesting facets about it. And like, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to get caught up in something, I'm going to get caught up. So recently I've been listening to lots of his music. I, I got his book and I, I read his book. Um, so it was a very interesting man. And the performance was phenomenal. Uh, he can, you know, he's 72 years old. And it was quite interesting watching Elton as he did his concert because you could see when he was walking, he was an, an old man. You know, he's in his 70s and you could see that you know, his body was a bit of a struggle for him. But luckily for him, he sits down most of the time because he's on the piano. But when he's performing, geez, pretty impressive. It was just, you know, the sound that him and his band could put out and for a 72-year-old man to still be able to perform at that level was pretty bloody special. And it was also really interesting being in in a stadium. Uh, I think it was 35,000 people went to the concert in Dunedin. Uh, in New Zealand, where you have someone like Elton John performing, because it's interesting in New Zealand, if, if anything in New Zealand is a culture, and it's it's wrong to stereotype, but one of the things about Kiwis are we're not the most expressive group of people. So if you think of like, if I were to say, think of a group of Brazilian people right now, you, know, you kind of think of that fiesta, you think of, you know, that they're really proud to express themselves. It express what they are, and, and they do it in a way that's vibrant, and they do it in a way that's um, exciting, and, and kind of, I suppose the way they do it is that they do it in a way that where they feel free to express themselves. And I come from a culture, particularly if kind of the white New Zealander, I think in many of the Pacific Island cultures, they're actually, one of the beautiful things about them is that they do have that freedom of expression, 
and the, those cultures are big in New Zealand. Uh, but, you know, I, I come from a culture where uh, standing out's not necessarily what you aim to do. Uh, and, and like, for example, New Zealand, if you're successful, let's say you make lots of money, you, you're kind of frowned upon if you kind of show that in New Zealand, you know. And you might even be successful in a way where you're really proud of yourself and you've done it in a really good way, you're really proud of yourself. Um, you would always underplay that. Like, for example, I've got a person in my life who made a lot of money at a very young age, like a huge amount of money, enough to be able to, you know, lifetimes worth of money at a very young age. And I said to him, um, and he was like 30, I said to him, you know, do you want to retire? And he said, well, first of all, A, you don't want to retire because, first of all, none, everyone of your age is working, so, you, you know, what are you going to do? But B, in New Zealand, you don't want to buy the Ferrari because everyone thinks, you, thinks you're a dork. And that's a bit of a Kiwi thing is that that little bit of a, if you are successful, you kind of underplay yourself a little bit and you almost don't show your success to your world. But also there's this little bit of kind of this expression thing and and, and Elton John concert, you know, if you're ever going to express yourself, it's an Elton John concert and you could see, you know, of the 35,000 people who got kind of expressed themselves and kind of got a little bit dressed up and, you know, wear the the glitter and the the sequins and all those types of things. There was probably a handful of people within the whole stadium. And to me, I just found it really interesting because in some ways it was reflective of my culture in that you don't really try to stand out. And and I don't know if that's a good thing in my culture. I don't know if that's something that I, I think our culture should be aiming for. I think we should be aiming for a place where People are free to express themselves. Because I think, you know, like, when we think about Elton John as a person, you know, think of all the different personas that he presented as himself in his career. And one of the most attractive things about him as a person, like, you know, there's things about him when you read his book, when you kind of go, geez, don't really necessarily like that part of his personality. But the one thing he really always did was he gave permission for people to express themselves. And, and he did that by being a role model in how he portrayed himself as a performer. You know, he kind of got the joke of of his persona, and he and he, and he went full steam ahead. And I just kind of wonder, and it was just something one of those things for me, in that I'm that traditional Kiwi guy who, you know, fashion wise. Now it's partly because I don't really care about fashion, but I, I I'm pretty conservative. It's not often that I take a risk with fashion, and I don't know if I ever will be that person who's going to you know be like Elton John. But I could probably express myself a little bit more with that. And I, and I think I've talked about this recently as well, about that Bob Dylan quote. And uh, I watched that documentary where Bob Dylan said, most people nowadays are trying to find themselves, and I always thought it's your job to create yourself. And I, I kind of think that's a really important lesson in going alongside with what I'm talking about here with Elton John, is that part of your journey in life is to learn how to express yourself. And to do it in a way where you are free to be exactly what you want to be in your life. And I know in my culture, and I'm sure many other cultures out there, there's many of us who there's sides of our personality that if we were free, we would show more of. And it might be in fashion, it might be in writing, it might be in creative endeavors, it might just be in sharing what you're proud of about yourself. And so I just kind of thought, you know, it was just something that's been on my mind and it's something I'm challenging myself on is that, I want to express myself just a little bit more and, and probably and probably more of an unrestricted way. And I don't know if I have restricted myself that much, but maybe I have. And it's just as I walked away from this concert, I was like, 
I can take away that Elton John is an amazing musician, great songwriter, especially him and Bernie's words. But ultimately what I can take away from him is that feel free to be you in expressing yourself. And if I, I know this is kind of a random thought at the beginning of my podcast, but if if this is something that's really hitting a note for you, maybe what areas are you kind of holding back on that maybe you would express yourself more in? You know, I, I, I one thing I, and this is one thing I am proud about for myself is I will always participate. And actually, I'll give you a good example of that. A couple of weeks ago, I was up in Auckland for a, a development workshop within Les Mills with all the top Les Mills New Zealand people who train other instructors and stuff like that. And it's a group of people who um, are very high level instructors. But within it, you have some dancers who are like top level dancers because within Les Mills, there's this dance aspect of what we do. Now, there's dance programs. So you get people who teach like body jam and shabam. Those are dance programs. And they are amazing dancers. And then on the Saturday night, after we'd kind of done a couple of days' work, we had a, a, an awards night, and the whole idea was just to do some awards for everybody in the team. It was a good fun night. And then afterwards, we had a DJ turn up, and um, I just danced. Now, I was I, I actually think I was the first on the dance floor, pretty much getting run out of the dance floor. And I don't drink, and for a lot of people, they need to drink when they dance. And... I was by far the best dancer in the room. and But the thing that was more important was I wanted to be free to express myself in that moment. Now, if I was worried about what the dancers thought of me, because they were pulling off dance moves, it was, it was just awesome. I just thought it was great. It was fun. Um, there, was, there was stuff that I could definitely not do. If I was worried about what they thought, I wouldn't have got up and expressed myself in my own movement. And for me, dance is about expressing it, being one with the music. It's about connecting with other people because there's always kind of fun shared experiences you have. It's about emotion. It's about fun. You know, it's all of these things. Now, if I was worried about the judgment of others around my self-expression, I would have just sat in the corner all night, probably looked at them and longed to kind of have what they have and ultimately restricted my experience in my life. Now, luckily for me in that moment, I kind of thought, well, no, I'm here to have fun and I'm going to express myself and I don't know if I put it in that term I just thought you know I'm gonna have fun and get up and get into it but I'm so glad I did because in life I want to be the the person who participates in life not sits on the sidelines and wishes I was in life and while that was an an example of where I do express myself there are areas I need to work on this within myself as well But as I talk about this, maybe this is something you want to think about as well, is when are you sitting on the sidelines wishing you could express yourself? And what's holding you back when you're doing that? And and then also, how do you start putting your hand up and actually just participating? You know, because ultimately, I think when we can express ourselves more in life, we live a much more experienced, rich life. So, just some of the stuff I wanted to share with you there. Actually, one other quick thing I want to share before I um, get into the main gist of today's show is I was doing a class the other night. Often when I'm doing a class, I was doing an RPM class. RPM is our cycle class with Lenny's Mills. And often when I do a class, and the more karma track, so I kind of go to a deep place where I kind of try to go deep into an exploration of something. And uh, the song that I was teaching when I was doing this deep exploration of something was a song where the song word said something like, I just want to treat you better. And I did this thing where I talked about how often people think that if they lead with disappointed, 
disappointment. They'll be more motivated. So it's this whole idea of, you know, a lot of people think that if I beat myself up, it will motivate me to be a better person. And I talked about how my experience as a fitness professional is that most people who have that approach end up actually getting less motivated and moving away from what they want to be as a person. And that a much better strategy is to be kind to yourself in a way that's still looking for growth. And then I kind of set up this, there was kind of like, I don't know, a minute of work in front of these people, maybe four times within a track. And I just set up this principle. I just said, all I want you to do is, in this next minute of work, before we start, I want you to identify one character trait that you see as great within yourself. And think about this for yourself right now as, as I'm talking. What's one character trait within yourself that you see as a really great character trait? A character trait that you're, you know, you sit confidently in that it's something you're really proud of. Like for me, a couple, I'll just think of a couple right now. Hardworking. I am definitely hardworking. It's a character trait. I can just, I know how to work hard. I just, I am, you know. And uh, another one's honesty. I'm, I'm really honest about who I am as a person, both good and bad. Now, when we think about, the, as I'm talking now, what's your character trait? When you're thinking about that character trait, I imagine what you have is a lot of proof that reinforces that character trait. So if I look back on the history of me, there's lots of proof to show me that I'm a hardworking person. There's also lots of proof to show me that I'm an honest person. And so often our strong character traits are ones that have proof of, you know, that we are this person. And so we can sit quite confidently in this kind of I am good in this area. So I kind of quickly talked about this to my class in quite a calm way. And then I said, all I want you to do in your minute of hard work is to think about that character trait and think about how you can be better at that character trait. So what I was doing is I was getting them to identify, self-identify with a strong area in their life. And then I was putting a challenge in front of them, a hard minute of work. And then what I wanted them to do was to, at the forefront of their mind when they're working hard, is to think about that character trait and how they can get better at that character trait. Now one of the great things about being a fitness professional, particularly in track, like those spin classes, is you, you get to see what works. Because really, if you do great motivational cueing, you see the people in front of you train to levels that maybe they don't train by themselves. And vice versa, when you, get, when you do motivational techniques that don't work, you can see you haven't really hit the nail on the head and then you've got to try to pull them through in other ways. And I kind of set up that, that terrain, your character trait, when the work comes, you're going to try to explore that higher level of self in this area. And I let them go. And we did four, I think we did four one-minute blocks. And every block... You could just see these people training at levels that was just phenomenal. Like they were just smashing out of the park. So much so that in the fourth set, I, I said, I'm going to make it harder. And I made them do this thing where they had to turn up their dog, which was, just made it, you know, they were going to failure in, the, in this last set. And you could just, and I just, and then, then I just said, you know, and halfway through the set, I said, What is your character? Who are you? And you just saw these people just. You know, it's one of those times as a fitness instructor, you're like, man, we just, we, I got it right because these people are going to a place with, which they wouldn't normally go to. And it was just a really good experience to, to, to see that when you put your strength in front of you in a time of challenge and you think about the evolution of that strength in your time of challenge, how actually that will take you to a higher place. And so maybe I'll give you a little project here as you're kind of talking about here. 
Next time you know you're going to be challenged. It can be in fitness, it can be in work, it can be in hobby, it can be in relationship. Think of your great character trait. You know, it could be the one that you identified before that I was talking about, or it can be one in any other area of your life, just a character trait that you hold really strongly to yourself. Then when you go into that that moment of challenge, think about how do I evolve this character trait in this experience? My experience the other night was that by doing that to the people in my class, they went to a place which was higher than I normally see. And and I'm going to be honest, the people who come to my, my Wednesday night RPM, which is kind of a hard class of the week, are the kind of people who beat themselves up normally. So it's not like people, they are people who don't know how to work hard. But even then, they went to another level. So it's a good little tool to practice. So again, just a, a tool to practice here is to identify a character trait that is strong in an area of your life that you see yourself strong in and put that in the forefront of a mind in a challenge moment in your life. And in that challenge moment, how do I evolve this character trait? Be interested to see how you get along. Feel free to just kind of send me a uh, an email or you know question about how you went along with that. Anyway, we're going to get into the main gist of today's show. But before we do, I just want to talk a little bit about the patrons of the show. And I, when you become a patron of the show, what happens is you get a Bevan James Isle show nickname. And ultimately what you do is you support me in getting this show out here every two weeks. And these are some of the people who are patrons of the show. We've got Powell the Mystery. We've got Karina Lifting Higher Hirschman. We've got Rosa A Deeper Level Scott. We've got uh, Scott Lead Belly McMillan. We've got Charlotte Music to World Bell. And we've got Raoul Street Fighter Branco. These people are people who actually give a bit of their hard-earned money to me each time I release the show. It really, really helps. Uh, if you want to become a patron, all you need to do is to go to bevanjamesisles.com. It's all on the website. Just go down to support me or go to the podcast section, and that way you support me in what I'm doing. So thank you to all the patrons. And again, if you want to be a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Anyway, we're going to get into the main gist of the show where I talk a lot about discipline. I think on the last episode of uh, the Bevan James Isles show, I talked a little bit about this, but I'm going to kind of start from scratch with this because kind of it's going to lead me to some lessons that I've learned. So a few weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, uh, I think it's called At Home with Colin Murray, and he had an interview with a guy called Ellery Hanley, and Ellery Hanley is one of the greatest rugby league players of all time, and the thing about the podcast that really led, left an impression on me was just this man's discipline. He was a hugely successful sports star, uh, arguably, again, one of the best of all time, had a very, very successful career, and you definitely got the feeling from his um, his interview that one of the reasons he saw himself as such a successful athlete was he was just one of the most disciplined athletes out there. Now, obviously, Ellery Hanley had a high school level, and obviously, he had some natural ability, and obviously, you know you don't get to be one of the greatest without a combination of a few things. But at the same time, his ability to be disciplined was quite phenomenal. And he talked about how he would always just train more than anybody else. He was just always the guy who'd do a little bit more, do extra training by himself. And he said that the thing about it was that in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, when most guys are starting to fade and get tired, he always felt like he was really sharp at that part of the game. And you can see how that discipline of doing that next level of work allowed him to be that person in that place. And that's what creates the legend. Because let's be honest, in most sporting games, particularly team sports, when people are fatiguing is when the game is won. And his ability to be that high level of fitness and that high level person, that disciplined work that he had done, 
allowed him to be that person at that moment, which made him have great success and so on. So on an athletic level, I like that because often you see with athletes, you kind of get a couple types of, there's lots of different types of athletes, but two typical models you see is the talented person who has no work ethic or the untalented person who has a lot of work ethic. So what I mean by that, so you get a lot of people who just have, you know, great skills, great genetics, just got a lot going for them, but they don't necessarily know how to work hard. So they don't really reach their full potential, even though they may be successful. And then occasionally you get the person who is maybe not so talented, but definitely can work like a beast. Like I think of myself as an Ironman, that was me. I didn't swim as a kid. Uh, you know, I was a pretty recreational runner before I started, never really ridden a bike before I started. And I got to a pretty good level as an Ironman, now, admittedly, Ironman is not the most skillful sport, but the reason was is just that I knew how to work really hard. I was definitely disciplined with being able to work hard. Then the ultimate is the Ellery Hanley, the person who has got the skills, the genetics, the, the natural ability, and has the ability to work hard. So he was a great example of what that legendary status takes. But the really thing I really found impressive about his interview was what happened after he finished his career. And he just talks quite openly and quite honestly about how discipline is really important to him. And he talked about how he learns piano. And, and the way I loved, loved the way he talked about learning piano is he's just got himself, he knows discipline so well that he knows that he can only practice for 32 minutes a day. And why is that? Well, once he goes to 33 minutes, he starts to lose focus. So he's that refined in his discipline that he's learned such a high level of himself that at 32 minutes he knows to stop because after that, what's the point? It's not going to be that good. And then he talked about how he's learning a language and he's got this process for learning a language. And he just he was just the different of, of, different, of, of discipline. So I was very inspired when I came back from my interview with Ellery or when I finished listening to the interview with Ellery. I was very inspired to to kind of sharpen up on my discipline. And I've got some notes here in front of me. I wrote some notes before I started, so I'm going to be talking to my notes here. And they're very small. I, go, <laughs> I used a pencil. For some reason, I wrote really smallly. So, so I, I kind of thought, once I listened to this, I want to I want to try living discipline for a while. And I thought when I was talking to you guys today, I'd, I'd give you an idea of where my discipline was at. So I think if you were to look at me and kind of, if you could watch me 24 hours a day in comparison to most people, you would say that I'm a... A highly disciplined person. Uh, I exercise every day. I eat pretty healthy. Um, I, you know, I've got pretty good habits around work. I'm pretty focused. I'd probably say, you know, and uh, on, you know, Ellery Hanley being the top of the bunch, and then someone who's just a total sloth in their life being zero. I would probably be, you know, in the eighty percent up level there. So I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined person. But within it, there were definitely some areas where there's some, some work to be done. And I kind of wrote down a couple here. And so, for example, um, one is when I'm cleaning up after dinner, I can often eat quite a bit of food. So Joe cooks dinner while I'm working each night. I get home, we have dinner together, and my job's to clean up. And then after work, after, after I've had dinner, I'll be cleaning up. And there's always some leftover food there. And I can pick in a way where I eat quite a bit of food. Now, I've got to be honest. I'm in a place where I can get away with that because of the amount of exercise I do, so it never really leads to weight gain. But I also kind of think, is it needed? So that's one of the moments where I maybe lack a bit of discipline. Phone habits, I'm pretty good overall, but there are times when I can just 
spend my, my habit i'm not really much of a social media guy i kind of don't really see that much value in social media but i can end up going to this like i've got four websites which are like my favorite websites and i can you know upon reflection especially through the last few weeks i could probably spend an hour at least a day just kind of going back to those websites not even really going in depth in those websites it might just be scanning those websites 10 times throughout the day so i can definitely have this habit of just going back to something which Maybe if you go to it once and you have a good deep read of it, it's a good thing. But going back to it over and over again is really adding no value. So that can definitely be a place that I go to within myself. Another example that I, I wrote down here is adding five minutes to every task I do. So what I mean by that is that, you know, you might sit down and you think to yourself, okay, well, I need to do a project for the next hour. But before you do, you check your emails and again, you go to one of those websites. So the hour that you plan to spend, you've kind of added five minutes before you start just because... You know, you just kind of go into back to the same websites you like to check all the time, or for you it might be social media or something like that. So for me, now there's other areas, but I just thought I'd give you some idea of where where I lacked, where I saw myself maybe lacking a bit of discipline in my overall life. Um, maybe as I'm talking about this, what are some of those for you? You know, what are those areas of discipline? which you need to work on. Now, it really depends on where you are on the scale. Like, I think I'm kind of like an 8 out of 10 when it comes to discipline. If you're like a 2 out of 10, well, you, you probably do have bigger things. Like, I never exercise because I have no discipline. So, you know, I'm, I've been working on this for a long time. I pro, you know, I am kind of an okay level. But where's your level right now? And I think it's really important to see where you should be working on discipline before you even start this process. So, when I sat down and thought about this Ellery Hanley experience and how I want to add more discipline to my life, I, I kind of thought well, I, I'd have a really simple thing, a really simple tool to work through this in my life. And it was, what is the dis discipline choice right now? That was a question slash affirmation that I wanted to use many times throughout my day. Like the whole idea was that I would literally say that within my mind, you know, up to 50 times a day. And... You know, like when I sit down to work, just what's the most disciplined thing to, do, thing to do right now? When I am cleaning up after dinner, what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? So I started off with this kind of pretty simple concept of what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? And then just to see what happened. Now the first week to 10 days, it was a massive success. I just responded really well to pretty much every time. And I, I remember I wrote in my journal... I think I've got. I think I'd done ten days, and I hadn't even checked. Like Reddit's one of the websites that I will go to a lot. I don't think I'd even checked Reddit once in ten days. And this is a website which I could probably go to five to ten times a day. You know, an accumulation with those other websites end up wasting an hour, an hour and a half to my day each day. And I got to the end of ten days, and I hadn't done like haven't been to it once. Like so, the first ten days, and it wasn't just the. You know, I just found I was being more productive, I was finding uh, when I was exercising, I was going to a higher level, I was just finding in all areas, that question of what's what's the disciplining thing to do right now, it created this moment of two different paths, so when I asked myself what's the most disciplined thing to do right now, you kind of go, well you've got two paths, you can go down this path, which is, um, you know, start doing the work, or you can go down this path, which is pick up and check out Reddit, Reddit. and First 10 days, because I was kind of on this motivation of Ellery Henley's interview and I was feeling really good about it, I kind of just always made that decision. And I, and I, was, and I was kind of surprising myself, I've got to be honest, because I was just, there was no moment of falter. It was like I was just kind of getting it right. Uh, the benefits were huge. I was feeling focused, I was feeling great, I just, possibility, and you know, just was 
it was great. It was like, definitely, this is a place I would like to be consistently living in in my life. Now, when I'm saying this, one thing I do want to put on top of this, which is really important, I wasn't being disciplined to a point where I couldn't have joy in my life. So, for example, um, I have my five bits of chocolate every night. On a Friday, Joe and I will go out for lunch and I'll eat more junky food or Friday I tend to eat more junk food. I wasn't saying you're not allowed that because I, I see that as an enjoyable part of my life, which as long as I'm in control, it's okay. So it wasn't that I was trying to restrict everything to a level where I was not living my life at all. It was just those moments where my discipline was a bit faltered. So I do think um, the point of today's conversation is not to say you can't do anything, you can't have fun. It's just what levels do you want to have around these areas? So first 10 days, nailing it. Feeling really good, always making the right decision. The benefits were huge. And then I can't remember why, but then I just started falling off the wagon. I can't remember if there was a particular moment, um, but it just started to happen again. And and pretty quickly, I creeped back to my, my where I was before. So I creeped back to maybe snacking a little bit when I was eating the dinner. I creeped back to phone habits were slipping in again. Creeped back to maybe one night a week where I was staying up a bit too late to stop my phone and bed at night. So these habits started to creep in place. And after about two or three days of that, I realized I'd slipped back and I was like, oh, you want to get back to the place of responding to what's the most disciplined decision. And I think in those three days where I fell off the wagon a little bit, the question had fallen out of my mind as well. So for some reason, I just became absent-minded about it. I just forgot to ask that question of, should I be more disciplined? Now, interestingly, once I caught myself in that slip back, I said, okay, we'll just go back in my head. I thought, we'll just go back to that, you know, what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? But this time it didn't really work that well. Like once I'd fallen off the wagon and kind of came back on, I would I would kind of ask that question, well, what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? But then I always had a, a kind of, not an excuse, but negotiation of delaying. So it might be I thought about checking Reddit or I thought about, I don't know, um, adding five minutes to a task. And then I'd, you know, negotiate and say, well, you know what, it's okay because you've done a lot today, so you can kind of, you know, if you check Reddit right now, it's probably not going to be so bad. So even though I put the question in place and I saw two different paths, in the second phase of this journey, what happened was I negotiated a justification for not being as disciplined. I justified, I, I, yeah, I negotiated a justification for not being as disciplined. And so then what happened was I kind of went back to the 80% version of myself. And I've got to be honest, I probably went back a little bit further. There was probably a couple moments where I actually went back to like the 70% disciplined me. So this was a really interesting moment for me because I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, the strategy when I first started, it was really simple. Put the question in place, see the path, walk down the right path. Then first 10 days, smashed out of the park, felt great. Why would I not stay in this place? Slipped away from it, caught myself slipping away from it, thought I brought the tool back in, but this time it wasn't as effective. So this got me thinking a lot, and it really got me thinking in ways which I was trying to figure out how do I, why this happened and how do I get more successful at it. And then I reflected back on those 10 days where I was really nailing it. And one thing I realized in those 10 days where I was really nailing it was it wasn't just the question that worked. It was that by having the question in place, 
if I looked to use that time to develop tools and strategies that took me towards the disciplined behavior, I, I made it happen. So I'll give you an example. So let's go back to that whole, I eat a little bit too much when I'm cleaning up after dinner. So after dinner, really some nights I could probably have another quarter of a meal just in snacking as I'm cleaning up. And when I was in that really disciplined place, I'd ask myself, what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? Now, sure, I saw the two paths, but when I was in that place, the thing that really worked was enjoying finding the strategy. So, for example, when I was cleaning up after dinner, and traditionally I'd just be picking away as I'm cleaning up, I'd ask myself, what's the most disciplined thing to do right now? And the most disciplined thing to do was to not eat the food. But the real enjoyable part was to find the strategy and then to act upon the strategy. So the strategy was throw all the food down the waste disposer straight away and turn on the waste disposer. Like that's the strategy. Once you've done that, you don't have the choice of eating the food. That what I learned upon reflecting upon those 10 days when I was doing it well is it wasn't just the question that worked. And actually the three days were in a well-enough track and kind of went past lower than what I was before I started. I learned that the question by itself isn't actually a great strategy. What I learned was is that asking the question and then asking what strategies are going to help me win or, or go down that path and then enjoying discovering that strategy and acting upon that strategy was what made me successful for those 10 days. Now I found what was really fascinating after the fact was when I, when I went back to not just asking that one affirmation of what's the most disciplined thing to do, but to kind of layer on that second level, which was what's the most disciplined thing to do, and then what strategies and tools can I use to successfully get through this and how do I act upon this, I went back to quite comfortably nailing it again. I enjoyed, like I enjoyed it, because I enjoy kind of going into this moment, what's the most disciplined thing, and, and kind of finding strategies to work through it, and kind of then doing it, and then acting upon it, and obviously after the fact, you always feel good when you make the more disciplined decision, like you do feel good when you haven't eaten the extra food, you do feel good when you get to 10 days and you realise, shit I haven't even gone on Reddit, and, and you do feel good when you've done the work for the whole hour, so for me, this whole moment in my life has been a really interesting moment, because I've learned some really powerful things. I've learned that I can experience higher level discipline and there's some tools that can help me do that. Now the first tool is the basic tool of what's the most disciplined choice. But that by itself doesn't work because if you don't instantly go towards strategies and actions, that negotiation in your head of why you don't have to do it could often come through and win. And Often what happens with people in this situation, I'm kind of just thinking in my head here, but what happens is then you have enough of those experiences where you think you should do the thing, but you don't. So then you self-identify as a person who's not disciplined. You know, that, you know, I'm not the kind of person, I lack discipline is kind of what we're saying here. And what I want you to do is have experience to kind of go, I'm the kind of person who is disciplined. You know, think back to what I was talking about earlier in the show and the character trait things that I was talking about before we got into the main gist of the show. I'm talking about that character trait thing of proof. Well, in that 10 days, if you had asked me at the end of that 10 days, Bevan, are you a disciplined person like Ellery Hanley? Without being, without being cocky, I probably said, yeah, well, seems that I can do this. I'm the kind of person who can live at this high level. And what was interesting, when I went to that three days where I went off track, I started to think to myself, maybe I, maybe I can't hold discipline. So I was already starting to self-identify as the person who didn't have discipline. So the first thing is, so the process, and maybe this is something you want to practice in your life. So here's the process. 
identify that you want to practice discipline in your life. And the great thing about discipline is so many opportunities every day. That's why I kind of said earlier, you need 50 opportunities. You can say it 50 times in a day. And what you're looking to do is every time you see a moment to practice discipline, just asking, what's the discipline thing to do right now? It is obvious. The, the asking of that question helps you find the answer. You know, not eat the food. Um, do the work. Pick up your Kindle, not the phone. Connect with your partner, not the phone. You know, work harder in the exercise. Like it's, the answer's there if you just ask, what's the most disciplined thing to do? But what we've got to get you to do is to do the disciplined thing. So that's why I like adding the next two layers. Layer two is what strategies and tools will be the wisest ones that give me the highest chance of success? Okay, so what strategies and tools will be the wisest ones that give me the most chances of success? Don't want to eat the food after dinner? What strategies and tools? Okay, throwing the food out, putting it down to waste disposal, it's the first thing you do before you do anything else in cleaning because it removes the, it removes the battle. If the food ain't there, you ain't going to eat it, are you? So that's the second thing. And then thirdly, how do I act on that straight away? Because I think the longer you leave it, the more you room you leave for the negotiation to come on in. So I want you to think about your life. Now, you can do what I've done. You can go all out and you can say to yourself, I'm going to do it in all areas. Like, I literally went all in in all areas of my life. But if you're someone who's maybe not so high up on that scale, that Ellery Hanley scale, Ellery being 10, the sloth being zero, you might just choose one area. You might just say, I'm going to work on discipline. And, 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 and if you're someone who really doesn't see yourself as disciplined, I think this is a great just to work on one area. It might be, I'm going to work on my productivity at work. It might be my connection with my partner. It might be, you know, food. Just choose that and then go through that process in that area as much as you possibly can over the next period of time. Gain the processes. What's the discipline choice? What tools and strategies will make me successful? And then quickly act on those tools and strategies. The thing I found through this time was... I loved living in that place. And you can see why Ellery Hanley had devoted so much of his life to living in this place because I felt I was I was kind of going on all cylinders. I was producing at a level that I love. It was really rewarding. I just felt that I was, you know, at that higher level. And, you know, I often think about the disappointment of not doing a lot of us spend a lot of our life feeling disappointed because we aren't doing the thing we know we probably should be doing. And often that is because of a lack of discipline. But if we flip that on its head and we are doing the thing we should be doing, how does this make us feel about life? And that's what's really cool about this stuff is that end of 10 days for me, I felt great about life. And in, in all areas, I just felt really great. And then that three days, I, I didn't feel like my life was ending, but I was definitely like, oh, this is a bit dissatisfying. And I'm kind of curious to see if you went through this process, and even if it's just in one area, notice how you feel about yourself in that area. Notice what you go through with your inner experience in that area as well. Because if you can do that, then, and, and it takes you to a place where it's a really powerful place for you, where you have possibility, where you achieve things you didn't think were possible, where you open yourself up to, you know, levels that you didn't know, and you consistently stay there. Oh. <laughs> like, where is that going to take you in your life? So that's that's my little fun project for you this week is for you to think about these things. Choose an area of your life where you're going to practice discipline. Put that question in your place in that area. 
What's the discipline choice? Develop strategies and tools in the moment to help you work down the right path and then act upon that. And then the fourth step in the process is once you've acted upon that, just notice what it's like when you're in that place. Because I guarantee that if you learn to like that place and you learn to stick in these steps for a long period of time, you'll be feeling much better about just your life and it'll be much more appealing to stay with this tool. So I'll kind of wrap this up because it's how I roll. Work on your discipline and ultimately you can be a higher version of yourself. Rodos team, that's this week's show pretty much done and dusted. Um, hopefully there's some good insight in there and uh, it's funny I actually had a moment where I just practiced that right then. I, uh, I'm processing the show, you kind of do the recording, you add the music and then I'm doing this bit here and uh, I had to go to Dropbox to grab the music for that bit there and there was a moment in my head where I was just like, oh, why don't you just check your stuff right now? And it was just one of those moments. It was the most disciplined choice. Grab the music, put it in and go. I've got a busy day today. I've, I've got to do some pretty important work after this. I don't have time to muck around on stuff. Um, so the strategy was just get it done. So just, you know, the more you win these moments, the better you feel about yourself. So good luck with that. And if you have, no matter how you go, let me know how you get along because it's kind of cool stuff. That's pretty much this time show done and dusted. I'll get an interview on place for the next episode. Where I'm, I'm sure I'll get someone good. I'd love to do with my friend Lisa, but she's always hopeless. Um, <laughs> she's not. She's hopeless to get to a commit to her. Lisa Osborne is one of the world's leading fitness professionals, a really good friend of mine. And uh, but to get her to tie down to an interview is always a hard thing. One day I will, I promise. Maybe it will be the next episode. But by the next episode, I'll have another great interview for you guys. Now, just a couple of things before we wrap up the show. If you can go onto your podcatcher and write a review about this podcast, it's really appreciated. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting into the habit of reading a review out, and I've got one here from, wait a second, I've got to do the Apple thing here. Elki Cora, I don't know how to say your name, Elki. Elki Cora wrote a great podcast just a few days ago, actually, on uh, iTunes in Australia on the Apple Podcast app. It's got great podcasts to support the love of long-term fitness, wherever you are in the game, wherever your love of movement is. Bevan's coaching is an inclusive way for the long game rather than fit to a mold, fit to a mold kind of approach. Thank you for your wonderful show, Amanda in Australia. So Amanda, thank you so much for putting that pod, um, podcast review up. It re really means a lot. And guys, it just really helps because... Basically, the more podcast reviews that get put up there, the more they kind of get shown, podcasts get on the podcatchers. And to be honest, that's a good way to kind of grow your audience. Also, if you want to kind of share this podcast with your friends, your family, you know, podcasts are a lot more popular nowadays. Just spread the word about this one. Uh, yeah, and you can help me what I'm doing. And then lastly, if you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesoz.com and just donate as little or as much as you want to to each episode that I release. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. So I'm going to get my work done and I'm going to get on a bike and go for a bike ride. So that's me out for now. Have a great week and keep being you.